Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination through the book of Ephesians. We're still in the first chapter. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. We are at a point right here, and I mentioned it in the last episode or two, that this is one of, uh, and, and words actually fail me because they all sound so trite, but this is really one of the richest portions of the entirety of the Word of God. In the King James Version, the King James English Translation, I believe it goes from verse 15 all the way through the end of the chapter, verse 23, as one sentence. Okay, I believe that's right. I'm looking at it right now to make sure. A lot of uh, colons, semicolons, commas, and things like that. But it's one flow of thought is what I want us to grab a hold of here. We looked at verses 15 through uh, 17 in the last episode, but I want to start there again because it continues just to set the context for all these truths. So hang on. Here we go. Verse 15. For this reason... I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him." Now, the New American Standard from which I'm reading right here puts a period right there. The Lexham doesn't put a period there. They do the next verse, verse 18, as a parenthetical statement. And that's interesting. Let me see. I hadn't noticed that before. Do they do that all the way through the end of the chapter? I'm scrolling. Well, it doesn't look like they do. I must be missing the other side of the parenthesis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just do it for a moment. The beginning they put in of the first... Uh, 18th verse, they put in parentheses. <clears throat> Again, the idea is that it's just flowing. So we see that what he's praying for them is that the Lord God may give them a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Then verse 18, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of of his inheritance in the saints. Now, again, folks, I can't emphasize this enough. It's just thing after thing after thing that builds on top of each other. He's saying, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart. Well, that's an interesting uh, little phrase. Let me see. The King James says, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That actually makes a little more sense, doesn't it? The ESV says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, and then the Lexham in parenthesis says, the eyes of your hearts haven't been enlightened. <laughs> so what does that mean? It means I pray that you will be able to see within the inner man, okay? That your heart will be able to see, that it will be enlightened. In other words, the light bulb comes on, that you will understand the glory, that you will understand all that the Lord has done for you. But particularly this, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. He wants them to know some things. The previous verse, he says, hey, I'm praying that the Father of glory will give you a spirit of wisdom <coughs> and of revelation in the knowledge of him. 
See, he was praying that for them, that they would have the knowledge of the Lord, that they wouldn't get distracted by the cares and concerns of the world, that they would not get distracted by the wisdom and the knowledge of man, but they would have the wisdom of the Spirit and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord, that their inner man, their heart, that is uh, that that is us, okay? Our bodies are just shells of who uh, we really are. We are in the body, right? We're in our body. But when we die, that which is us, our spirit will go be with the Lord forever and ever. So he says, I want you to see beyond what you can see in the natural here, that your heart will be enlightened and that you will know something. Here's what he wanted to know. What is the hope of his calling? See, we have tremendous hope in the calling of the Most High God. He's called, as we've seen this already in this uh, one chapter right here, that he's predestined us, he's chosen us, he's called us, he's elected, okay? All these phraseologies, <clears throat> these terms speak of what the Lord has done for us. And there is hope in that. And he wants them to know that, and he wants us to know that. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We've seen already that we have an inheritance. We have an inheritance which is yet to come. That's how inheritances work, okay? If you know that you've got an inheritance in your family, well, there's certain things that usually have to happen, okay, before you can receive that inheritance, but you have the inheritance. We likewise have an inheritance. We as saints have an inheritance that is full of riches, and it is His glory. What does it say? What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance? Verse 19 continues, And what is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe? And the New American Standard puts a period right there, which helps us take a breath, right? So look what He wanted them to know. He said, Man, I want you to be so enlightened within the inner man. I want your spirit to be so enlightened that there's no darkness, and I want you to have eyes to see in the spirit. Okay, I want you to know some things. I want you to know what is the hope of your calling. I want you to know the riches of the glory that you have now and that is to come. And I want you to know, listen to this phrase, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believes? surpassing greatness. Let me see what the other translations say. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? That's what the ESV says. Lexham says something, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us to believe? Basically the same. King James. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? There is power. The power of the Most High God surpasses all greatness, is granted to us. To what purpose? Well, he continues on, middle of verse 19. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, verse 20, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now, let me read that again because I know it gets very wordy when you're just listening. Here's verse 19. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. We learn some things right here. 
we learn that it is Father God who raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. It is Father God who has seated the Lord Jesus Christ at his, Father God's, right hand in the heavenlies. But here's the really profound thing for us. At this surpassing greatness of his power toward us, that power that he's releasing toward us, that he wants to move within us, that power that he has released within us unto salvation is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's resurrection power. These things are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. It is the same power, the resurrection power, that brought forth Jesus from the dead is the same power that brought us out of sin into life, that brought us out of the death of sin into the life and the glory that we can experience at this very moment. This is the normative life of the true believer, to realize that we have been empowered by the Most High God to His praise and His honor and His glory, to His purpose, to His calling, to His work. This is what we are to do. This is who we are, folks. We're not just these little, little wimpy things. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just, I'm just hanging on to God takes me to glory. Oh, no, 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 no. We are empowered with resurrection power. The Father himself is upon the throne. The Son is seated at his right hand, as we'll see in Ephesians 2. He has uh, granted unto us work for today that was determined before the foundations of the earth. The bottom line is this. We need to move in His might and power. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you next time. We'll talk more about this.